Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hillary Clinton and Robert De Niro walking to a park. This isn't another of my bad jokes, but just a few of the guests who gathered in Central Park to celebrate Ralph Lauren's 50th anniversary catwalk show. You're listening to Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for joining us. I'm Charlie Gowans Eglinton, and with me in the studio today is Caroline Leeper. Hi. Lisa Armstrong joins us on the phone, having arrived back home from New York Fashion Week late last night. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Before we get to next season's trends, let's talk about what everyone's wearing now. What stood out for you? Well, initially, the first few days, there was so much colour. I mean, when I was sitting at the Kate Spade show, it was, it was hard to differentiate between what the front row was wearing. I think Deepak Chopra was there and Kate Bosworth and other celebrities. I mean, obviously, they're all dressed by the house. But everybody was wearing colour that day. But I think since then, it's just been constant rain and cold, which is not what we want from New York in September. <laughs> um, and I think everyone's just cobbling leather uh, looks together from what's in their, in their suitcase. A lot of trench coats. It's totally rained on the parade, hasn't it? By the way, hi, Lisa, it's Caroline. <laughs> hi, Caroline. <laughs> um, yeah, it has. It, it, it has. But then, on the other hand, I think for... All of us, you know, looking at those street style pictures, it's quite nice to see some more realistic looks. You know, I, I, I've been reading a few pieces in the last few days about how um, a lot of influencers have been bypassing New York Fashion Week because it's financially it's not worth their while. I mean, the fact that the business model for being an influencer, it seems to be um, shifting under their feet all the time, actually. So in the beginning, I think you could just write to a fashion house and say, hi, I'm an influencer, and can I have a seat at your show? And because PRs were, were a bit sort of caught in the headlamps and didn't really know how to handle this new social media, it, it was you know it was easy. You could get in. And also, people got followers very quickly in those days. But now that the social media is sort of bedding down a bit, the whole thing is much harder. Influencers don't automatically get seats. Some of them parade up and down the shows and hop on the bus back home afterwards without ever getting into a show. I think that whole bubble has burst, actually. I, I, I noticed far fewer people posing outside the shows this time. I mean, that may have been because of the weather, but I don't think it was only that, because I remember being in, in the snow in February, one New York, and there were people posing in transparent blouses with no bras on underneath. I mean, they would take their coats off to go outside. 
Do you think as a result then that, that we're seeing more realistic looks because there are more real people there with real jobs and real work to do? Maybe, <laughs> but, you know, the, the real the real look, I mean, what, what uh, it's so difficult to call it. I mean, so many fashion editors, you know, who, who have jobs to do, I mean, as in writing, not just uh, posting on Instagram, you know, they look really great, but they're wearing navy or they're wearing denim or it, and, and, and they're wearing shoes that are made for walking because you can't always get an Uber or a cab. So it doesn't necessarily make, in the eyes of the photographers who don't necessarily have a fashion eye, they just have an eye for what is eye-catching. It doesn't make a, a strong picture. So I think it's a very interesting season in, in terms of street style because street style has been such a huge thing at the shows. It's that thing, isn't it, Lisa, of it's slightly being a compliment when you don't have your picture taken. Because when you're just wearing, and I'll often just wear a navy blazer and jeans and, and try and fit into that kind of effortless, chic, Parisian <laughs> look um, with, you know, varying results. But when you do have your picture taken, it tends to be because you've got a really bonkers handbag or or you look like a model. Yeah, it's when I remember I went to one season where the cameras kept just zooming right in on my bag or my shoes. It was never me. <laughs> it was just, it was just the, the sort of the garnishing so that does make you feel just like a walking piece of I know, shop window which isn't is not what I want to feel it, it's very nice not to have to tread past blatant narcissists but having said that I mean I love looking I love looking at great street style I find it inspiring I, I like to see what how people are putting looks together and actually we're doing a sort of the rain parade in tomorrow's paper. And, you know, I love looking at seeing how those women have managed to look much chicer than I did in the rain because I packed all the wrong clothes. This is true. I feel like I've learned 10 new ways to wear a coat this week, if nothing else. Back to the catwalks. Let's start with Ralph Lauren. So this is the man who dressed Diane Keaton in Annie Hall and every first lady since Bessie Ford. Lisa, what was the atmosphere like in that room? I, I, it was, it was amazing because first of all, the rubbernecking was just beyond. I mean, you think, oh, that looks like Robert De Niro. Oh my God, it is Robert De Niro. And, um, you know, does Martha Stewart kind of wandering lonely as a cloud? There was at one point um, <laughs> between the cocktails and the dinner um, and she seemed as though she didn't have anyone to talk to. I almost thought, oh, should I go over and take care of Martha? And then I thought, no, it's Martha Stewart. I'm sure she doesn't need me to take care of her. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and, and, and then... You know, the show started with 170 models. Normally you think, oh my gosh, we're in for a long evening. But it was quite fabulous to see every kind of Ralph look there from, you know, Navajo to British tweeds to um, to that equestrian thing. To that, I mean, my favourite sort of Ralph style is, you know, the 90s bias cut dresses where the jacket just tossed on. That's kind of effortless glamour, which you know, Lawrence, someone like Lauren Hutton just encapsulated. I really love that. And then you got the sort of a very um, ethnically diverse bit where, you know, if you were going to be ultra critical, you'd say, hmm, that took a long time coming, that ethnic diversity. Because, you know, often the campaigns were criticised for, for being very, very white. Is this the casting, um, you mean? Yeah, this is the casting in the show. But, you know, better late than never. And I think also you sort of have to look at things in the context of their era. So... You know, his ads were very mono-ethnic, um, really, in, in the 80s, but so was everything else. 
So it was good to see that coming in, the diversity. And it was amazing. It just reminded you of, of why, you know, there were three huge designers in American fashion, Ralph, Calvin Klein, and Donna Karen, who were just famous in every corner of the globe, even, you know, places where the actual main collections didn't sell. Their names meant something. And Ralph's the, the only one still in his own house. He's still standing. So it was quite, it was moving, actually. And I think... People can be a bit cynical about Ralph Lauren and, and how glossy and sort of airbrushed it all is. But when you saw that retrospective, it was impressive. The last Ralph I went to, Lisa, um, a couple of seasons ago, we all got driven kind of an hour outside of New York and he'd to his put house, on this. Right? It, was, it was actually to uh, where he stores his collection oh, of vintage cars. cars. Yeah. So then we got the tour around all the cars, and I mean, slightly wasted on me because I didn't, they were very shiny and lovely, but I didn't know what anything was. Um, And then had the show kind of in amongst the cars and then this dinner. But the rumour at that show was, you know, this is such a huge spectacle. This has got to be his last show. Were those rumours around this show as well? Um, Did it feel like a last hurrah? No, do you know, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like a last hurrah. I mean, he is 79. Um, but I think people would be busy trying to get pictures of Hillary Clinton and um, <laughs> and make best best friends with Oprah. No, it didn't. I mean, I guess you know it can't be too long before he does retire. But the company has you know gone through what companies like to call a major restructuring in the last few years, aka turmoil. Quite frankly, I mean, you know, they're a huge company, but profits have dipped, sales have dipped. You know, there's been a lot of talk about. Is that whole aspirational kind of glossy East Coast thing, is that even still relevant today? And it did feel like they were playing catch-up. But I think he'll want to, if he can, hang on and, and see the company on, a, on an upward trajectory again before he goes. Away from Ralph Lauren and into what we actually kind of want to buy. Caroline, have you seen anything that made you want to get your wallet out? Uh, there were a couple of standout things for me. Um, I thought Escada was really interesting. I know that sounds like such a blast from the past and everybody's probably sitting at home thinking, what? But it was the 40th anniversary show, but it was the second from, is it Niall Sloan? Is that how I pronounce his name? Don't ask me. It's, a, it's a great, <laughs> a great attempt. Let's let's Apologies say Niall Sloan. Sorry, good. sorry, Niall, if not. Um, but yeah, like I just think that's a house that's being revived by somebody interesting and someone who's bringing a that different take great. to it. Yeah, really cool. And um, the other one that really stood out for me was Carolina Herrera. Um, yesterday, that was in in New York, and that was Wes Gordon's debut there. And again, it was just somebody bringing a really fresh sense to to a house that we all know and and love. Um, but yeah, it just felt really cool. He'd taken some of her kind of core designs, you know, that, that full skirt, and really made it his own. And I loved the blazers. There were so many of her kind of hallmark things in there. But he'd also done very clever things with colour to make it look really modern. Those combinations just made it all seem really fresh. I mean, a show that stood out for me, not necessarily always for the right reasons, was um, Brandon Maxwell. It's the first time I'd been to his show. And he was you know, being touted as the bright new thing a, a few seasons ago in New York. It was very colourful and really quite, um, it was very cheesy. And I, and I, I you know, I've written that it kind of 
it was like going down Broadway, being assaulted by colours and lights <laughs> and dancing girls. And, it, you know, the tone was somewhere between pretty woman, body con, you know, navels and kind of gypsy Rosalie. But what stood out from that show in the best possible way were a couple of ball skirts in beautiful silk satin. And I did think, hey, Carolina Herrera lived, because that point we hadn't seen her show. And I thought, well, even if Carolina Herrera, you know, if the new uh, designer doesn't do it there, Brandon's carrying that flame. Mm-hmm. I love a ball skirt that you wear with a shirt or a little sweater. It's just such a nice idea. I've never done it. Probably yeah. never will, but I like the idea. Brandon Maxwell's Lady Gaga's uh, stylist and and collaborator isn't he so I wonder if uh, if she's being tipped for Oscars and things well she and also she's dressing in a much more sophisticated way now isn't she it's interesting to see her progression and then you forget that when she first hit fame and you know was wearing dresses made of meat and stuff like that she was 23 or something um the other show that stood out which again like a scar of people might think what was was um Kate Spade there's a new designer there called Nicola Glass she's Belfast, that's not the only reason to support her. She did a great job. She, you know, we, these big American democratically priced labels often end up kind of catering to lowest common denominator. It's high, high profit margins. You know, the quality goes right down. Um, it's just pilot high and sell it fast. And she has gone in and in the few months she's been there, she's totally retooled so many product lines. It all looked much more sophisticated. I was really impressed with the bags. She's even the simple pouches. She's sort of made them into something that you'd be really pleased to carry, and they looked much more expensive than they were. Beautiful um, silk crepe de chine dresses. Not all of them silk, I'm sure. And instead of going for that 60s vibe and 50s vibe that was Kate Spade herself was so brilliant at that, but. Over the years since she left, it's become very kitsch, that look, I think. She, Nicola Glass went for a, a much more of a 70s style, which is not only sort of in tune with fashion, but it's just so easy and it suits so many women. That was a really great example of what um, New York Fashion Week does well, i.e. sort of fashion for the many. Especially, I think, the fashion media, but anyone with kind of deeper pockets has in the past been a bit snobby about you know, handbags at that kind of three, four hundred pound yeah, range. Yeah. Do that's you think that's shifting? Completely changed. I mean, you know, and fashion editors, the thing in the front row and second and third was to have, you know, the the status bag of the season. Well, there is no one bag of the season anymore. And people aren't, it's interesting. I mean, yes, there are a few status bags. Of course there are. Although they tend to be very small. The bigger the status symbol on the bag, the logo, the smaller the bag. Uh, but, but what also is, is, is a thing now is people carrying bags from new designers that no one else knows about. They tend to be much more moderately priced. Mm. Well, Caroline's a big fan. Is it Wandler, Caroline, that no, you... No, Dance Lente. Dance Lente. Dance Lente, oh. Wandler's another one. I am emailed every single week, I would say, by a new little bag brand that's pitching around the 300 to 500, 600 pound level so in other words it's expensive enough that you really hope that some thought and detail and love has gone into it but it's not such a price that it's your whole month's mortgage and more what's clever about those brands is that each of them's got a sort of signature shape they really stand out as being a really differently yeah, it's, designed it's so thing true, without without having loads of logos yeah exactly they, they they know that they can't compete with those huge logos 
brand bags. So they think, oh, well, what's what's our thing? And they've discovered it's about having a shape. And that shape is just as Instagram worthy and just as exciting and as much of a talking point as seeing somebody with a logo that you instantly recognise. Well, it, it yes. started with um, Mansur Gabriel, I think, yeah, a couple of bag. years ago, and they brought out that bucket bag that just kept selling out and selling out and selling out. And they weren't exorbitantly priced. You know, you could save up and afford them. It was that 300 to 500 pound sweet spot that we talk about in shopping that, you know, it's a special treat. It's maybe your birthday or a Christmas present or, you know, got a new job present, but it doesn't have branding on it, which was such a departure from the kind of it bags mm. that yeah. had come before. I, I, I think that, that at sweet spot pricing is running through the whole of fashion. I mean, look at the runaway success of Ganny. Mm. Every time I see someone... In a Ganny dress, I, I'm surprised that it's Ganny. Not, I mean, I shouldn't be, but because it looks so good. You know, self-portrait, he showed, I mean, he's based in London, but he showed in New York. Great pieces. And his front row, um, which was, you know, usual celebs in it, they, they looked fantastic. You know, they, they were wearing, again, $500, $600 dresses, not $2,000 dresses. It's so nice to see these indie labels come through and create space for themselves and actually in that I think social media has been amazing for them because if you've got um, a distinctive look you can cut through with no advertising budget at all it's making fashion so much more accessible and Lisa what about your own New York wardrobe I mean do you wear started off well I have to say I was quite happy what was I wearing I had some cohorts that I bought um uh, some Victoria Beckham co-ord, a co-ord skirt and what top stripey. It was cornflower blue, which I love, and mm. it was summery. And that was that was fine the first the first day. And I had my fab new MIH jeans, which are quite high waisted. They give you such a narrow waist, and then they flare. But you know, on seriously, once it got cold and rainy, I mean, there was one day when I think I did look like Farmer Giles. <laughs> because I just did not have the right heels, people. I was trying to, you know, keep my luggage really light. And I only took about three pairs of shoes. What was I thinking? So, yeah, um, memo to self-pack a lot more shoe options. Because I think the shoe options, uh, you know, they this sounds so kind of fashion-y, doesn't it? But you can really make your look work if you've got the right heel. But you can have the most fabulous dress in the world. But if you've got the wrong shoes, it all goes wrong. Lisa, there's a a picture. This will make you feel better. There's a picture of me from New York a couple of seasons ago that's floating around um, the internet. Of uh, It was a rainy day and I'm wearing sort of, I think I'm wearing a puffer jacket. It was one of those minus 17 February kind of days. And... Gabriella Hurst uh, very kindly left on the seat, every seat, a cashmere cushion using the offcuts of the cashmere that she'd used in her coats and in her designs. Um, Very nice. Very nice. So there's a picture of me carrying this cushion under my arm because I wasn't in a car. I was just, you know, hot-footing it between shows and she was in the morning and wearing a puffer jacket and I think I've got trainers on and I look like I've had some kind of New York Fashion Week related breakdown. I'm giggling it now. <laughs> can, can somebody tell me how one gets rid of picture, incriminating pictures on Google? Because there are quite a lot of me. <laughs> it's not I possible. don't think you... Because I used to work for a, a magazine that um, used to make us do kind of what we're wearing to work pictures exactly. once I a week. Say, 
And I was in my early 20s. And mother That's papers that should remain nameless. I used to do, I used, I used to have, you know, what I'm wearing this week pictures. Ugh. And, um, and I would often sort of do jokey things. But they now just appear on the internet out of context. <laughs> and I'm really hoping people don't think that I ever seriously wore a sequined Union Jack mini Jerry Halliwell inspired dress for next. Lisa, that was I, a joke. I can't believe you're saying this because aside from the phonex, ex- explain yourself. Aside from the phonex, I was wearing exactly this garment at the weekend, Lisa, on a Hindu, <laughs> on my own Hindu. Her own Hindu. The, the pictures are fantastic. I can't believe you just, yes. Yes, yes. Not phonex, but I mean for Amazon or something <laughs> similar. But fancy dress. But yes, I do I do really hope that those pictures never make it into a place out of context where you think I was really wearing it. I hope they do because I need company. Perhaps that's a forever fashion piece, though. If you've both done it... Perhaps it's a gallery. We could make it happen. For the website. Please, let's get Google. I mean, an act of mercy. Erase. Erase the incriminating evidence, I say. Or perhaps if you're listening to this and you too have been photographed in a sequin Union Jack, Jerry Halliwell, Circus, Spice Girls dress, please Mm. write in. Send pictures. It happens to to the nicest dress people because you know if you put something on instagram that can just end up on the internet so lessons to be learned oh dear (laughs) i learned many at the weekend (laughs) (laughs) i'm amazed you're here today caroline well thank you (laughs) no i recovered i recovered very well it was it was a good time was had by all but yes i did look incredibly silly and flammable What trends are you loving from New York Fashion Week and how much would you spend on a handbag? Get in touch with your opinions, questions and feedback at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. And visit telegraph.co.uk forward slash fashion for more from the catwalks. We've nearly reached the end of the episode, but before we go, we've just got time to find out what everyone's excited about this week. Lisa? Well, I'm obviously excited about London Fashion Week. Um, I'm also doing a Q&A with Anya Heimarch as part of her sort of extravaganza. I don't know what questions we're going to be asking her yet, but I'm looking forward to doing that. I think we're going to be sitting beneath the world's biggest indoor cloud, as you do. Uh, Lisa, can our listeners come and watch you speak to Anya? Is well, that the, going to the, be... The, 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 the tickets are on sale, but I, I, think, I think they've sold out. But there are other great-sounding events in that, in that whole Anya Heimarch. I mean, she's got... Um, you know, professors uh, talking about sleep and what it does to our brains. And she's got Claudia Winkleman reading bedtime stories. There's a whole list of things on, on, um, on their website, anyahighmarch.com, I think. Yeah, maybe if there's a, if there's a, if there's a wait, a, a long enough waiting, this will put on a second show, although I don't know how, because I've got to go and see some other shows after that. <laughs> what else are you excited about from London? Well, Burberry. I'm really excited to see what, what Ricardo Tisky's uh, going to do there. I like the new logo. It's been very controversial, but I liked it. And I think he's going to, I mean, he's going to really pull out all the stops for the first show. I think it'll be very different, and that's, that's energising. And also, you know, obviously it's lovely to see Erdem and Roxandra and Christopher Kane. And Victoria Beckham's come home this season for her 10-year anniversary. Yes, well, that will be fabulous to be able to see that. Good. It's, a, it's, it's looking like a really um, strong schedule. And there are new names coming through as well. So, um, yeah, I think it should be a really great few days. 
Caroline, what about you? Well, I'm excited for London as well. There's loads of stuff on the schedule that I am really into. Rixo are doing their first um, show on the schedule, which I think is really cool. They're a brand that They're I... They're another one of those scanny type yeah, brands. That... They do great price clothes. Yeah, that you can actually afford and some of it will be on sales spray after and, you know, that's always great. Um, but also I've got to say, we are now but 10 days away, people, from the wedding day. So... Next Friday, I get married. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I know. So <laughs> as soon as the shows are over, I'm snapping into um, Bridezilla mode, JQ. You are, you are, you are the least Bridezilla like bride I think I have ever encountered. <laughs> you know, you're so calm. Thanks, Lisa. Um, I don't know how you do it. We're still waiting for it to drop in the office, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one day I'll just yeah, come in. See, we want to see a bit of Bridezilla. Come on. <laughs> No, I feel like we dealt with most of the things that, that, I mean, I'm sure they're not listening, maybe they are, but guests who are dropping in and dropping out and messing about. And things like, I feel like we've done most of that now. Right. We're through that bit. They're the yeah. only things that can really annoy you and go wrong. Yeah, unless on the day, you know, you get 10 extra people or 10 fewer people. But what the I'm hell? just not going to look at them. No, and, the, main, just... and the people you care about and who care about you will be there. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. More cake for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I have a gesture, which I'm doing to my sister, which is if, if I'm not going to deal with something, she'll just take it. Oh. <laughs> and what's her, what's her means of taking it? She, make it go away. Okay. Make it go away. That's what that means. Although one of my friends on the Hindu was in tears. She was like beside herself. She was so excited, but also scared and excited, nervous about the wedding. I was like, calm down. Shouldn't this be me? It's not your wedding. It's mine. I know. It's one of my best friends. He's one of my bridesmaids. She was like, I'm just so nervous and excited. And I was just like, calm down. Maybe calm you down. can be a bridesmaid seller. Well, yes. Yes, maybe she could. <laughs> well, yours are all very glamorous and I'm excited about TV again. Guys, oh, come on! So much to be excited about. Are you watching The Bodyguard? Oh, yeah. Obviously, obviously. It's fantastic. Riveting. It is one of those things that you have to have your headphones on in the office because I couldn't watch it on Sunday night. What, you were and... watching it in the office? No, as in, <laughs> I know, as in, I came in on Monday and thank goodness I was had my headphones in was listening oh, to music while I wrote because Bethan yeah. just threw out a spoiler Bethan straight away. spoiled it. I was one behind and she told me what happened and I was like, oh, there is some great TV on at the moment. Killing mm. Eve, guys. You've got to Haven't watch it. That. It's coming out. It starts on Sunday. I've only got to see a sneak preview of it because I interviewed Jodie Comer, who's in it for the Stella magazine cover right. last weekend. Oh, it's so good. She's so she, basically she's a female assassin, which sounds mega cheesy, but it's not cheesy. It's Phoebe Waller-Bridge who's done oh, the I direction. Oh, that's right. She wrote it, didn't oh, she? it's so good. Yeah, and and um, she's wearing everything in it. She's wearing Molly Goddard. She's wearing Drees. She's wearing to, you know to go off and make her kills. And that's what you awesome. need when you're an assassin. You've got to look good. Well, I mean, I'm making it sound cheesy enough, but it's so slick and it's really funny. It's really good. So it's Jodie Comer, who was in Dr. Foster, and it's Sandra Oh, who was in Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that. So she's Canadian. Can, can, can I ask in a professional mode, but secretly, because I just want to know for myself, what, what's everyone's Fashion Week purchase ahead of time? The piece that's going to make you feel not totally out of depth? I think for me, it's another done Salente bag. <laughs> I've got two now. <laughs> it's, it's a good question, Lisa, but I don't have an answer for you. I've not bought anything. I didn't buy that specifically. For because well, I, 
always before Fashion Week. Specimen. I know. I to take you to the uh, Natural History Museum. <laughs> but I often go out and buy something that actually I don't need or I won't wear. I I need to try and focus my mind and only buy things that I will wear the rest of the year too, not things to impress my fellow fashion editors. Sort yeah, of no, that's sensible, very good. Yeah, and I think actually people are thinking more and more like that. Um, the overconsumption is is making itself felt amongst us all uh, until it's about one day to go. Although I must say, <laughs> my problem is overconsumption of a different kind because I'm still carrying a little bit of holiday weight, oh, as in summer lovely. holiday weight, and not made any better by the fact that, inspired by the Great British Bake Off, we have an office Telegraph Bake Off. Bake off. The Telegraph Bake Off. We've just had the second, what is it, quarterfinal? Uh, no, it was the second heat, actually, oh, Charlie. Oh, I'm so but sorry. The level they were at, they could have been. I was actually just there for the food. I did vote, <laughs> but Caroline is competing. I'm competing. Wow. She won the first heat. I won the heat. first heat with well, my... Okay, I didn't know you were a secret baker and you had a hen mm. weekend. Do you know... Unbelievable. It was the first cake I'd ever made. I'm not even joking. I'd made cookies before, but I'd never made a cake. And then I felt bad because... Was it, was it from a Betty Crocker packet? No, no, no. <laughs> it was a it was a, a genuine recipe that I, I found online. It was all above board. And then here I am, and I'm, I'm through to the quarterfinals. Do you know what, though? Wow. If this were a film, <laughs> Caroline would be about to, like... She'd be about to go on a... Sp- some kind of rampage because she's <laughs> she's really calm about her wedding and she's just taking the time out two weeks out of her wedding to bake for the first time. Is, is something about that, to break? What you're suggesting <laughs> is that my life is about to implode in an explosion of Dante Lente bags. <laughs> I'm just saying it would, it would make me feel a little bit better about my own life because I'm not planning a wedding. I've not shopped for Fashion Week. And, and you haven't entered Bake Off, Telegraph Bake Off. I've lost before I've begun. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think I'm going to make it through another round. Some of the ones that people offered up today had like flowers on them and everything. It was really fancy today. I had, shall we say, an easier round. Thanks for listening. Check back next week for a London Fashion Week special of Fashion Unzipped.